At Baptist Health South Florida, it's our mission to care for you when you're injured or sick and help you stay healthy and fit. Welcome to the Baptist Health Talk podcast, where our respected experts bring you timely, practical health and wellness information to improve your family's quality of life. Hello, Baptist Health Talk podcast listeners. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Fialco. I'm a practicing preventative cardiologist and lipidologist at the Miami Cardiac and Vascular Institute at Baptist Health South Florida, as well as Chief Population Health Officer at Baptist Health. The development of antibiotics was one of the major advances in medicine in the 20th century. Drugs like penicillin made it possible to treat infections that previously claimed millions of lives. They've been hailed as wonder drugs. But for the past 60 years, antibiotics have been widely and too often irresponsibly prescribed and used. And now we're facing serious consequences. According to the Centers for Disease Control, antibiotic resistance is one of the most urgent global threats to the public's health. This is National Antibiotic Awareness Week, and I've invited two colleagues to the podcast to talk about the fight against antibiotic resistance. Timothy Gautier, PharmD, the Antimicrobial Stewardship Clinical Program Manager for Baptist Health South Florida, and Jefferson Kua, PharmD, a clinical pharmacist with Baptist Health. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you. We're happy to be here. So um, let's talk about a couple of things. I mean, I know we as uh, clinicians, um, certain we use certain terms that to us become innately obvious, but maybe to the listeners that may not um, may not be as evident. So let's start with some basics. And, and Tim, I'll ask you, what are antibiotics and what do they specifically treat? How do they work? Let's talk a little bit about first what antibiotics are. Yeah, so antibiotics are special because they're not like other drugs. Antibiotics treat bacteria. They kill bacteria. They target bacteria. Whereas a lot of the other drugs we use, they target cells in our body. And so when we use an antibiotic, it impacts bacteria rather than impacting our cells to maybe reduce our blood pressure or reduce our cholesterol. So the mechanism of how they work is really to target the specific bacteria. And different antibiotics have different targets on those bacteria. And so we try to pick the right bug for the right drug, depending upon what infection we're talking about. So a uh, great point to start out with. They treat, um, um, they treat conditions by directly um, um, killing, if you will, the, bacteria, the harmful bacteria that leads to these conditions. Um, um, Jefferson, let's talk a little bit about what they're not. I mean, there's a lot of confusion between viruses like influenza, uh, coronavirus, which even is COVID is also the form of cold viruses. Um, I can't tell you to this day, 30 years plus in practice, I get calls regularly from friends. Hey, I'm traveling and I have a scratchy throat and can I get a Z-Pack or an antibiotic or every little um, 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 low-grade fever people want antibiotics for. So let's talk about what the bacterial illnesses are that antibiotics work against versus things like viruses. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Um, Yes. So like Tim said, a lot of our antibiotics, the way that they were designed is to attack the bacteria directly. Um, And so, of course, if you look at what a bacteria is and what a virus is, they have um, different components. And so sometimes the targets that antibiotics try to um, attack are not on the virus. And so uh, using antibiotics for viral infections um, is not going to be effective. So a lot of our common um, infections that we see uh, in our outpatient and also inpatient um, populations are going to be, you know, like your common cold. Um, And that, for instance, are most of them are due to uh, respiratory viral um, viruses. So your common cold, for instance, could be caused by a virus. And the way that we would treat that um, would not be with antibiotics because the antibiotics, again, would target bacteria. 
um, versus a viral infection would not be um, effective treating with an antibiotic. So if one has symptoms of an infection, arguably we would want that person to know if it's a potential bacterial infection or more likely a viral infection. Certainly they can know on their own, they can call care on demand, they can go to a primary care doctor to help guide them. Um, but we could say, well, you know, if antibiotics are otherwise okay and you're not sure, why don't we just use them? Give me an antibiotic anyway, because maybe, maybe it's a bacterial infection, but obviously we're now here to talk about why that's not good policy for an individual and for the population. So let's start, Tim, Antibiotic Awareness Week. I mentioned it in the introductory comments. What it, What is it and why is it certainly something Something, um, um, very cogent towards current times. Yeah, so U.S. Antibiotic Awareness Week actually corresponds with the World Antibiotic, Antibiotic Awareness Week. Um, the World Health Organization facilitates really great graphics and media information about World Antibiotic Awareness Week, and the CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention, provides a number of excellent um, content that people can use for uh, Antibiotic Awareness Week, Week in the United States. Um, antibiotic aware, uh, antibiotics can save lives and are critical tools for treating a number of common or more serious infections like that can lead to uh, very serious infections like sepsis. And U.S. Antibiotic Awareness Week is an annual observance that always happens November 18th through 24th, and it highlights the steps that everyone can take to provide antibiotic prescribing and use that is rational. And so a lot of it, you know, is generated towards using antibiotics when we need to. It's okay to use antibiotics when you need to, but when you don't need antibiotics, we do not want to give them because there can be consequences. So I think that's that's also well said. It's um, and I use the analogy of of statins for cardiac prevention. They're, they're they're great in the right people, but let's not use them where they don't where they're not necessarily beneficial. So the Antibiotics Awareness Week, it's not just, hey, antibiotics are great and let's use them. It's also, as going back to the stewardship of where not to use them. And I guess that speaks a little bit, and I'll turn it over to you, Jefferson, the concept of antibiotic resistance. Let's, let's, let's dive a little deeper into that. Speak a little bit about antibiotic resistance. Um, yeah, so antibiotic resistance um, basically refers to um, when the antibiotics that we use for certain bugs um, all of a sudden, the bugs outsmart sort of the antibiotics, and what used to work for them no longer um, is going to work. And that happens usually um, if we give antibiotics to people who don't need it, um, if patients are on it for a long period of time, or if we're not dosing the antibiotic correctly. So we're probably using um, uh, a lower dose of that antibiotic that gives the bugs um, to grow um, and then develop sort of their way of defeating this drug. And so the drugs that we're commonly using are no longer effective. So we were talking about statins earlier. And of course, what, how you would prescribe it to one patient is only going to affect that patient. But um, for infectious diseases, we're worried more about like public health because what you choose for one patient eventually could affect multiple patients because if they're, if they develop bugs that are resistant to certain antibiotics and other people might catch this bug um, and it becomes a public health problem. So that's why it's very important that we make sure the right people get the right antibiotics. And to follow it up, I guess that's that's the concept you're bringing to the to the forefront, which is when we use antibiotics, especially if we don't use the proper doses or we use them where they don't belong, there will be some bacteria that will survive an antibiotic and maybe adapt 
to no longer being sensitive to that antibiotic. One of the other components, and we brought this up in a previous podcast, is when antibiotics are prescribed, the individual should complete that dose, right? If they're feeling better after a few days, they shouldn't just stop the antibiotic because there still may be some residual bacteria. Um, so that would be another recommendation I would, I would expect. Um, so antibiotic resistance, it's a big problem. It's a big problem internationally. Um, and the issue is we are now getting bacteria that don't respond to the antibiotics, leaving people at risk for um, worsening infections that we can't really help. But why, why I'll, I'll ask both you guys, maybe Tim start, why, why can't we just develop new antibiotics? Why can't we just, okay, here's a bacteria. Let's, let's find some drug to, to, to kill it. What, what, what goes into that to, uh, to limit that? That's an excellent question. And if you think about an antibiotic, it's kind of a miracle drug in a way because most antibiotics cure infections rather than treating the symptoms of a disease for a prolonged period of time. So the return on investment for a pharmaceutical company isn't near what it is for developing a new heart medication or a new um, lipid lowering medication. And so because of that return on investment being reduced, there used to be about 20 pharmaceutical companies engaged in research for new antibiotics. And that is down to about three currently. And so pharma is not putting money into it because they're not seeing money come out of it. And there are organizations that have been uh, developed in order to facilitate drug development, but unfortunately, it's not going very well. Um, in fact, no new approved classes of antibiotics have been discovered since 1962 for the most dangerous type of bacteria, which is gram-negatives, like E. coli, Klebsiella, and Pseudomonas, for example. And so what we see is drugs that come to the market, and they're new drugs, but they have the same mechanism as old drugs that we already have on the market. And so it's been a big, big gap and antimicrobial drug development over the years. And that's one of the major reasons why we don't see new drugs coming to the market. And if they do come to the market, many times they're intravenous only, they have specific toxicities or they're for specific bacteria that most people do not have. So they're very, very niche drugs. Um, so that's, those are some of the challenges that we face which also further supports the fact that we as people in the community and the population have to be stewards of taking antibiotics appropriately so we don't wind up having these medical problems where there are no new drugs to be able to support for the reasons as you described. Um, um, Jefferson, what, what specifically are you and Tim and then your, with your colleagues, what are we doing at Baptist to fight the threat of antimicrobial resistance, um, which, which as we've ascertained is a, a significant problem in, in, in our country and in the world? Yeah, so um, I am part of a team called the Antimicrobial Stewardship um, Program here, um, and I'm joined by my colleagues, uh, Kelsey Williams, Leah Maya at our uh, Miami Cancer Institute, and Olga uh, Bendik here at Baptist Hospital, but we also have other stewardship pharmacists all across the system. And what we do is we um, just make sure, again, that we are using our antibiotics judiciously. So just making sure that um, all the right patients are getting their antibiotics. And we talked about choosing a right duration of therapy for each patient. So just making sure that everyone um, is uh, completing their courses appropriately. And if there's any opportunities for us to optimize their dosing, again, because dosing is a big um, component into um, how resistance may develop in, in our um, patients. Uh, we um, work closely with our providers just to make sure that our doses are optimized, the um, correct uh, drugs are being used based on the labs that we get every day. So sometimes the patient may um, have a culture that comes up and we could narrow um, like a big gun antibiotic that we may start off with the patient to something that may be near where and cover um, 
less bugs than what we start off with. So just making sure right. that um, uh, all our antibiotics are optimized for each patient. So a precision approach as opposed to just throwing everything against the wall to see what may kill a bacteria, more specific towards the, um, um, the best um, uh, antibiotic for that particular one so we're not exposing the person and the other bacteria to antibiotics, which is which is wonderful. Exactly. Um, so let's talk a little bit now what what we can do in the community. Um, I'll ask you guys um, uh, a little bit of a tricky question, um, but you know, there's some concerns that a lot of the use uh, the 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 use of back of antibiotics, especially in the criminally over the course of a person's life, might affect um, their bowels or the way they absorb foods and maybe even create colonies of sinusitis and stuff like that. That's a lot of exploration now in, 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 in the antibiotic use, killing healthy bacteria. Can either of you address that at a very high level, just really just for a concept for the listeners, the idea of taking bacteria, taking antibiotics without the proper indications or without the full account can actually kill healthy bacteria and leave you with, um, leave you with um, other types of medical problems. That's something you're comfortable talking about. Yeah, um, absolutely. So there's something called your microbiome, and your microbiome is what bacteria live on and inside your body. And it's perfectly normal to have bacteria and fungi actually living um, within your GI cavity, within your mouth, and the, the general urinary area, and on your skin. And actually, if you were to take all the cells in and on your body and assess them, you'd find that only one in about 10 is actually a human cell. That's how many bacteria and fungi are colonizing our, our bodies. Every time we expose ourselves to an antibacterial or an antifungal medication, that, or that drug is going to kill a certain number of those bugs. And that can have long-term implications and it can have short-term implications. For example, every single antibiotic can cause diarrhea, right? And as you wipe out some organisms that live in your stomach, some of those are more friendly organisms that won't cause diarrhea and it can when you wipe them out, it leaves room for the non-friendly organisms to start causing diarrhea. So that's like an, a, a short-term uh, consequence of antibiotic use. Long-term impacts on the, the microbiome have been studied in a, a large number of disease states. And there's a lot of hypotheses out there about what the impact is. But I think the take-home message is you don't want to take antibiotics if you don't need to because they can be harmful and it goes beyond just diarrhea. I mean, if you pick an antibiotic out, I could probably list five or six potential side effects beyond diarrhea that it can cause. And again, antibiotics are different because of resistance. With other drugs like for blood pressure and cholesterol, we don't worry about resistance in our bodies to those drugs. With antibiotics, we do worry about that. And so one of the things that we say is that the more you use antibiotics, the more you lose antibiotics because we, we pressure the organisms to become resistant the more we use them. And so it goes back to when we need to use them, we should, but let's be smart, the right drug at the right dose and the right duration. But when we don't need to use the drug, we should not use the drug. And part of that also goes along with following the advice of your physician. Antibiotics should not be taken without the supervision of uh, physicians. And so, for example, sharing antibiotics that are left over from five or 10 years ago is a really bad idea because you could cause a toxicity to the person you're sharing with it, and it may be the wrong drug for that particular bug. And so we should always seek healthcare provider guidance when taking antibiotics. These are prescription medications. They have a specific indication. They are validated to be safe to take for that indication. And when we go around, when we go beyond that or around that, we put ourselves and others at risk, which is, which is, I guess, uh, again, another important point. Um, before we wrap up, 
on a couple of other um, uh, community related type of uh, components as, as you just um, um, spoke about. Um, what about antibiotics in, in food? What about, you know, in our, in our livestock being given antibiotics to avoid infections based on the, 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 the uh, close breeding and um, uh, the way their food um, is administered. Um, any, any impact that you could see or any impact that's been reported in the population based on antibiotics given to our food um, sources? I can speak to that. If, um, so antibiotics are used sometimes within uh, animal, uh, animal uh, I guess, farms and agriculture as growth promoters. And so they're given to animals so that the, the animal will grow faster and grow larger. For, um, consumers can purchase meat that is uh, produced without using antibiotics as a growth promoter. And when you buy meat um, that is not used with antibiotics, uh, from an animal raised using antibiotics as a growth promoter, you're endorsing that I don't agree with that practice. And so that's something that we can do to avoid that. The other thing is that these animals, you know, they live in farms and then they of course are animals. And so they are, uh, you know, defecating into the environment. And then the environment um, has rivers and streams which carry bacteria, you know, to other places and other uh, animals can pick up those bacteria. And if we're giving antibiotics to these uh, cows or pigs or sheep or what have you, there is then also the opportunity for the bacteria to pressure and become resistant to those drugs. And then we have spread of the bacteria through the environment, which can happen in a number of different ways. So it's not necessarily that the, it's going to be drug resistant organisms on the meat that you bought, but there may be consequences of environmental spread because of the use of these drugs in agriculture. And also some of the drugs that we use in agriculture or that are used in agriculture for growth promotion, for example, are the same classes that we use in humans to treat infectious diseases. And so that's something that is a very big concern given we know again, that the more we use these drugs, the more we lose these drugs, we wanna preserve them because they are a precious resource. So um, I'm going to say something provocative in the early parts of your comment, which might be valuable for another podcast. They give antibiotics to these livestock animals to help them gain weight, which again is very provocative because it does suggest the antibiotics changing something having to do with that microbiome will affect food absorption and might actually have a component in our society of relevance. So I'll leave it at that for another conversation regarding nutrition, diet, maybe obesity. Um, well, this is great, guys. So I love the take, which is not something I actually had uh, fully baked in my mind that, you know, the stewardship is really to defend our antibiotics. It's, it's the antibiotics that we're, we're protecting so that they continue to function for those in need based on um, their bacterial infections. So a couple of final comments. Um, um, Tim, you mentioned a couple, maybe it's worth um, reiterating. Um, Jefferson, what, what can we in the community do um, um, and, and, and healthcare workers as well, and, and not necessarily at a hospital level, which is a hyperacute situation, which is perhaps the most um, relevant, but in the community, um, um, if a, a patient comes to a doctor and says, I have a complaint, the doctor says, well, let me just give you an antibiotic, patient should say, okay, should the patient say, do I need the antibiotic? What are my options? Where, where, would, we, where would we come into play for the, for the listeners in the community about how to handle um, the messages we're giving them? Yeah, that's a great Jefferson question. Um, so I think uh, for people in the community, I think just learning more about um, infectious diseases would be something that's helpful, and I would refer them to um, the CDC and also the World Health Organization, um, just to learn more about what type of diseases where antibiotics would be um, appropriate to be used versus um, infections where maybe viruses are more the more common pathogens and therefore 
um, probably would not need antibiotics. So I think just learning more about um, what those proper indications are would be helpful. Again, also just maintaining and the setting of the pandemic now, which makes it harder for um, a lot of our clinicians to determine whether someone has viral versus having a co-infection with bacterial infections as well. Always, you know, like hand hygiene and your um, social distancing is also just very important um, uh, just to prevent getting infections in that way. Yeah, I think that's great. And this was pre-COVID. It'll be post-COVID. Um, I think the concept of just let me have an antibiotic when I travel in case I need it, if I get cold symptoms, um, hopefully we've made the case that's not the best decision and not the best behavior for, um, um, as we said, for the reasons we discussed. Any, any final comments, guys? I think you guys really hit some very high-level concepts as well as brought it down to home for a lot of actionable type of um, um, uh, thoughts that um, uh, listeners can have. Tim, any, anything final, anything you want to iterate? Uh, yeah, one thing that I think is really important and a take-home is that you know, when it comes to an appropriate and safe antibiotic use, it's really a team sport. And so it's engaging with the prescriber, with the patient or the family member to understand what's going on, what is the complaint that's currently ongoing, and what diagnosis goes along with that complaint. And then pharmacies, pharmacists can be involved to help pick the right drug after the prescriber has made that diagnosis. When it comes to antibiotics and re- patients who are requesting antibiotics, sometimes it's better to focus on the specific symptom or complaint that is at hand rather than asking for an antibiotic. So let the physician make the call on when antibiotics are indicated because they can give the diagnosis that'll tell us what is likely to be causing this problem and is this problem likely to be helped by an antibiotic. Um, and that's very gracious of you as a provider. I will tell you to, I'll tell the listeners also don't pressure your doctor to give you an antibiotic if they don't think it's appropriate. Cause sometimes again, it's the concept of, Oh, what, what the heck just take it. Um, and, um, um, so be, be responsible for your own health as well as those of others. Um, and similarly, Jefferson, any final comments or anything you want to just uh, emphasize? Yeah. So I just want to echo Tim's work, um, words. He mentioned it's, it's a team team sport really what antimicrobial stewardship is and I would like to echo that it it does take a village I think and this is the whole reason why I think the World Health Organization and the CDC is promoting this awareness campaign it's because everyone has a role um, in stewardship again and our people in the community it's about just learning more about the drugs and again not pressuring our her clinicians for antibiotics when they don't need it um, but also for all our other healthcare providers as well our nursing um, uh, could also play a role if a patient is doing better, maybe changing an antibiotic that's given IV to uh, an oral medication, for instance, could um, also help with preventing wine infections and things of that sort. So I think it's it's definitely, uh, again, uh, it takes a village uh, to um, help fight resistance, and I think all of us have, has a role to play. Well, thank you both very much. Your expertise is evidenced by um, uh, the comments and the discussions. I always love podcasts that I learn from, and I learn from you guys as well. Um, to our listeners, we will have links in the uh, show notes to the CDC uh, web pages for information, uh, more information about this. As usual, to our listeners, please email us with any thoughts, ideas, or requests for future topics. Please email us at baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. That's baptisthealthtalk at baptisthealth.net. Thanks, guys, for uh, this wonderful information. And to our listeners, please stay safe. Find additional valuable health and wellness information on our resource blog at baptisthealth.net slash news. And be sure to interact with us on our social media channels for live and upcoming events. 
This podcast is brought to you by Baptist Health South Florida, healthcare that cares.